I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Build your dreams on our foundation. Today, we're going to be talking about Downwell, which was a game that was developed by Moppin and was published by Devolver Digital and released in 2016 um, on a bunch of stuff. And then it got a Switch release in 2019. Uh, and I definitely almost broke down there because Moppin <laughs> is just such a good... I don't even know if that's how they want that to be pronounced. I mean, that's, just, that's how it's spelled. Yeah, just like a casual way of saying that you're cleaning the floor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but this game did mop the floor with us uh, because it is a hard-as-nails uh, roguelike platform game mm-hmm. uh, where your objective is to take yourself from the surface and get to the bottom of the well down well (laughs) yes with gun boots Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think the the nature of the game being like a vertical oriented screen um is interesting because it makes me think of like an arcade game Mm mm-hmm uh, or something like that, or like a something that was designed for phones, but I think it released on iOS and Windows at the same time, so it isn't like necessarily a phone game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how exactly you want to draw that line uh, or whatever, but um, I think that's interesting, and I like, at least to my knowledge, I can't think of any other like vertically oriented like platforming style games where you go down instead of up. Yeah. And it's it's weird that it took until, like, the 20 teens for someone to come up with that concept. Yeah. It's weird because it is a rarity, for sure. Uh, And it really reorients... It it, it orients the game toward two things specifically. One uh, is, rather than trying to avoid stuff moving upward... You're trying to hit things going down, and it also pushes the game towards speed, uh, which you do not want. It's it's bad speed. It's speed you want to avoid when you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like in contrast to, and there have been a number of these like uh, infinitely scrolling upward moving platform games on phones. Um, they really like they have a focus on sort of like strategy and reflex and stuff like this game does but it just feels entirely different simply by changing the axis that you're moving in Mm -hmm. like the way i would describe it is it kind of feels like you're fighting against gravity (laughs) for Mm -hmm. control of your character uh it always feels like there's like some kind of feeling of like inertia or some kind of something with the physics that isn't quite how you want it Mm -hmm. it's like you feel uncomfortable yeah and i just think it's because i just didn't play it enough to get fully used to it because like it definitely got more manageable as i played yeah but i never quite like clicked with it all the way personally we definitely had similar experiences because i i felt like all the way up through today was that when i was still playing the game uh I never felt like I had the fidelity of control that I really wanted. Like, it, it feels... And I, I feel like that's... I'm going to assume that that is intentional. That mm-hmm. they want it to be frantic. Um, and the game is obviously designed to be difficult. Um, and I that is like... It, it was this friction that made... Because I didn't feel like I was in full control of my character all the time, it did feel frustrating when you fucked up Mm -hmm. um more so than than in most games when you take damage and stuff yeah i think you're probably right because like your one main action is to fire your gun boots which slow your descent so Mm -hmm. like your one action in the game is making yourself fall slower um so that makes sense um that it wants you to feel a little out of control and yeah it's like I don't know if it's just that I need to, like, get good or whatever, but, like, <laughs> I really hated, like, the bat enemies and how, like, they could, like, 
pretty easily hit you from the side, and it seemed like there wasn't really much of anything you could do about it. Yeah, rule of downwell number one, do not ever let bats live. Yeah. Uh, Just avoid ever having that happen, because they will come down and fuck you up. Because the better you do in this game, normally, the longer you're staying in the level, because you're spending more time without plummeting, and are catching enemies and building a combo and and getting gems and and getting points that are going to help you later in the game. And the bats just exist as an enemy that will float down from above after you've long forgotten about them, when you have nothing you can do about them and just fuck your day up and end you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's like, it seemed like, and don't quote me on this, but it seemed like they were like programmed to come at you like from the side and not the top, which is like can be hard to avoid. Yeah, you can't because you don't have really left and right control unless you have very slight left and right control that's made easier by using the guns. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll get caught in these loops where you'll land on an enemy and then the bat will fly into you. And you'll take damage, and then you bounce on the bat, because you're yeah. like, uh, like, from your, your damage animation, you land on top of the bat, and then you bounce up and hit something else. Uh, and then it just cascades horribly yeah. from there. You can have, like, a run that feels like it's going really good, and then just get fucked like that. <laughs> like, where you just hit, like, four things, mm-hmm. because you didn't jump quite high enough to get on top of the bat. <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I I found that in this game, more often, failure snowballed. Yeah. Like, like a lot. Like, way more than I would have ever expected from, like, a roguelike game. And I don't, the, the thing that's butting heads here, I think, is that I am bad at the game, <laughs> and the game was clearly designed for people who had the aptitude to become good at the game. And so... I see a roguelike where, like, small mistakes can end your run as being kind of a bad design choice. But I think for some people, because runs are so fast, the idea is just do it perfect from beginning to end. And then when you get to the end, you got there because you did it perfect, not through, like the building of attributes and becoming like a, a, a tankier character. Yeah. It, it does kind of feel that way. Um, and I think the game's short enough that it, I think it can get away with it. Like, I don't really think that bothers me too much, even though I also suck at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does seem like that kind of like perfectionist game mm-hmm. where we... it's all about getting that perfect run. Yeah, the one, the one perfect run, and like we to talk- rule them all. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and we talked about this a bit in games like Hotline Miami, where like there's a satisfaction of after failing a hundred times, getting the one run that just looks like you were the action star, mm-hmm. and you just know where everything is, and you just go through and plow everybody down without, uh, without like the same difficulty that you experienced before, but. The iteration time in this game, although short, is like a hundred times longer than that in like a Meat Boy or a, a, a Hotline Miami. Because you are, rather than going ten seconds into something and then dying and restarting, you're now going five, ten minutes into something before you mm-hmm. restart. And that, it makes it a lot harder to get the, the shit down. And also, I guess the roguelike elements mean that you can't memorize it. You just have to be better at reacting. Yeah. It's like, for me, the longer I sat and played it, the more everything just started to run together. And, like, finishing any given level, I wouldn't remember, like, if I was on, like, 1-2 or 2-3. or Like, I don't remember how long I've been playing. They all kind of ran together. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped a little bit with, like, the roguelike element of having to start all over again it just like felt more like a thing i was just continuously playing yeah my like play pattern uh as i got further and further into the game became like if i took damage on the first level i would just restart um so i'd like hit something quick like start retry yes 
start again. Mm-hmm. And I would do that several times until I get a perfect first level. And then, well, I say perfect, I mean, no damage. Like, I didn't, like, full combo the first level. I never quite got there. Uh, and then when I would do it and move to the next level, everything that just happened amalgamated in my brain into a single experience. So I would just... I would get upgrades and then just forget, like, that I had them or that I thought I did have certain upgrades and I actually didn't because I restarted recently. And it became, like, it became difficult for me to track my runs. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it's weird how that worked. Like, I ended up treating it more like I would a difficult goal in a Tony Hawk game where I would just keep restarting it over and over again until I got a setup I liked Mm -hmm. and not like going until I died every time. Yeah. It almost feels like you could do like an alternate, um, like mod or like mode of this game where you just got a random set of power ups with each level and you almost wouldn't even notice the difference. Right. Or at least if you're me, I don't imagine you would if you're really good at the game, but, uh, if you're just casually playing it, it just, I don't know. It just really has like this kind of, like zone out kind of quality for me yeah well i mean it sounds like it triggers like a flow state and that's i think what the game wants to do but the trick with getting into a flow state is you have to not die (laughs) there's like a i don't remember what the exact axes are but it's like you have to be proficient at it and meeting resistance that matches that Mm -hmm. and this was like overwhelming resistance (laughs) (laughs) minimal proficiency uh so speaking of overwhelming uh (laughs) resistance um the two things that really stood out to me is things that i don't like in Mm -hmm. the design is in the catacombs uh both (laughs) ghosts and candles are things that you have to jump on which both don't make sense. Yeah, like a Cause ghost. Because like you would think a ghost would be an enemy you had to shoot. Mm-hmm. And you would think you would want to avoid jumping on fire. <laughs> yeah, so the the like environmental object hazards in mm-hmm. the game that you can use. First of all, it took me like 20 runs before I realized that you could bounce on them and it would reload. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like I didn't, that didn't like process for me. Yeah. I was just thinking about it. Like when we were talking about the bats is like bats also hang on the walls and I'm like, maybe that's supposed to like subtly make you like accidentally jump on a candle. Cause you think it's a bat and right. then you'll realize you can jump on them. <laughs> but I don't think it really works that way in practice. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I fully agree. And I was thinking about the, the fire thing as well. It was just like, now, like, reasonably, you're, I guess this kind of, like, butts up against reason in a way that video games do. Mm-hmm. Where if you think about it, if you fell on a candle while wearing boots yeah. from a height, the candle, whether it's lit or not, probably isn't going to impede you too much. Yeah, it's just fuel for your rocket boots. Exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, also, if you fell from a great height onto anything, you would die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you like, fell down a well. Yeah. You're not adventuring to the bottom. Yeah. Regardless of how many enemies were in it, you would still die. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you can't really apply logic here. Mm-hmm. But logically, it kind of makes sense. But it game design-wise, I agree it probably we we have now spent more time talking about jumping on a lit candle in this game <laughs> than anyone else ever has but i do agree because it occurred to both of us yeah like it just it feels like regardless of whether or not you think you can apply real world logic to it <laughs> uh, which i would agree is a dumb thing to try and do it doesn't feel like it matches with the in-game logic either mm-hmm. is like being one of the because like in the first level one dash one through one dash three like they're the things that are like solid colored are the things you can't jump on it'll be like a spiky snail or some other little spiky enemy uh and or the little flame balls or whatever they are yeah and that all feels like it makes sense like don't jump on those uh but like with the ghost you would think you wouldn't be able to jump on a ghost Mm because you think you'd pass through it also it isn't solid colored it's white 
Yeah. Uh, and the candles as well. Like, they're, like, white with the little flame. So mm-hmm. it's, like, they don't fit in with the visual language established in the first set of levels. I mean, I think they still fit in because the ghost is, uh, the ghost being solid white, yes, is a little bit, like, is a bit of a cheat. But there are a lot of enemies like the turtles that are just so dense with, like, detail mm-hmm. that you have to... That they are basically also just solid white. Yeah, but they they have a shell. That, yeah. that makes sense that you'd have to bounce on them and not shoot them. I, I can tell already that you were interpreting the graphics more of what they represented <laughs> than I was. Mm-hmm. Where I was just like, it's white, land on it. Like, you just came in and saw I was playing with the Downwell palette. Yeah. Because... After you play the game a few times and then change the palette, my brain just melts and turns <laughs> into a like a mashed potato dish. And it's not good. Like, I love that it's there. I love the idea of being able to change the color. But I can't adapt. Like, I would have to do, like, ten additional runs just to get used to the new color palette. And then I've unlocked another one. Yeah, I um I also like that they're there. I think similarly to like Oberdin, it feels very much like a throwback because mm-hmm. it has like the like one bit kind of looking graphics and it puts in these color palettes that kind of make it feel like old computer interfaces, uh, like Oberdin did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I was able to adapt to the ones that were like the same, uh basic setup just with a different color swapped in instead of the red like mm-hmm. the aqua was my favorite one i like match it but... is that the green one yeah yeah so those ones were all fine but then like i got unlocked the game boy one and i was like ah oh, cool right but then that one totally fucked with me <laughs> because like it doesn't highlight as much as the other palettes do like you had like the clear like white and then red or blue or green whatever right it's like a secondary highlight color but with like the game boy one it feels more like it's two tones even though there are three like mm-hmm. it's like way less contrast and it totally fucks with you yeah because in the game boy one your key colors are like green and, and darker gr- and green, green. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it does make it a lot harder to differentiate I, and i find i found that issue with a lot of them like then they're the ones that are like i think it's called vivid which is like the the jazz cup logo colors it's yeah. like a weird teal and purple and uh or maybe there's like it's like green and pink either one yeah it's like a it's a setup of of colors that is so garish to look at that like you would think that it would do a similar job but then just like the brightness of it washes out like the important detail yeah some of them are like like just an eyesore <laughs> Um, and you know, like with contrast, like you can have complementary colors, but if they're too close to the same value, like the same brightness or darkness, they like vibrate to your eyes and it makes it hard to focus. Everything, and, everything else on my body was already vibrating yeah, while I was with, playing this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, there's a couple of palettes that do that. Whereas like one color needs to be darker and one needs to be lighter mm-hmm. for it to the contrast to work, work, you know? complimentaries to show their namesake yeah with all of this to say like i don't think that the the palettes make the game worse by any means it's no just, it's a purely optional thing yeah it's like an optional cool extra that i do like that it's included it's just like it's really hard to switch them especially with well, you have to quit out to the surface well i just mean like it's hard to switch them physically mm. because it will make your eyes reach a resonant frequency with the rest of your body and shatter your teeth yeah so yeah, if you venture beyond the first three you don't know what <laughs> you don't know what the fuck yeah <laughs> oh god um but there is another kind of unlock um that is mechanically different uh and those are the the styles is what they call them yeah it's sort of like your walking style when you aren't falling so it's you'll never see it um (laughs) and i i might need some help but i believe it's regular Mm -hmm. which is is just base mechanics boulder which gives you two additional health and makes you fall faster yeah and you you roll around and you only get two uh, choices choices the at the end here, of yeah. the uh, levels. Mm-hmm. So the arm swinging. Arm swing style, mm-hmm. which disables uh, anything other than gun upgrades inside mm-hmm. rooms. 
uh, and make shops harder to find. Right. There's levitate, which makes you floaty. Uh, so you fall for like slower, mm-hmm. and then uh, handstand, which just doesn't give you any uh, like mid-level upgrades. Mm, uh, I forgot makes... that one. Okay, that's the last one, but that one also makes shops cheaper. And I feel like there isn't an argument to be made to use more than two of these styles. Yeah, I heavily favored Boulder style, personally. For the extra health. Yeah, and I felt like it it felt better to, like, roll when, like, you were uh, walking. Because, mm. like, you could, like, I think your hitbox is smaller and you could, like, roll under enemies better. Um, I don't know. Just, like, little differences, but, like, made me favor that one. It just mm-hmm. felt a little bit better to me. The fast falling was just like way too much for me. I didn't really notice it that much. Like well, if you it played with it a lot, I guess. Like I just, it didn't feel that much faster than any of the others. Right. I mean, I mean, more power to you if you figure it out. Boulder is one of the ones I think that there's an argument to be to 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 take, uh, mostly because of the additional health. It's what I've used a lot when I started playing, um, and I switched to the arm swing style. Um, after I discovered the it doesn't tell you about it mechanic of Mm -hmm. if you gain four health while you have full health you get an additional maximum health point right Uh, and all of the gun upgrades either give you health or charges uh, when you pick them up so the strategy became go to every single side room pick up every gun upgrade and then Mm -hmm. just try and learn all of them I hate lasers (laughs) really it's so yeah. hard to play the game. I think they did a really good job of making, like, because the gun upgrades do often give you health, as mm-hmm. long as their container is shaped like a heart, uh, which they usually are, it seems like. Um, so that I did always go to every single shop unless I missed it. Mm-hmm. Um and would always pick them up and so like i don't really have a favorite this is one of those things where i just use them all like whichever one came up um so i don't have like a strong favorite or one that i dislike personally the only one that i actively dislike is laser but i think there's if there's a special place in hell for laser Mm -hmm. then a few layers up in hell are burst uh and noppy Mm. because both of those felt very uncontrollable to me like it was just like does it not be like a homing one like it it like angles itself toward enemies and i hate that as well because i don't want to kill enemies that i don't have to shoot right so like Machine gun, the basic gun that you start with. Shotgun. Shotgun is fine, though has a lot of the same problems laser does, but notably not anywhere near as many problems I have with laser. Mm-hmm. Uh, became like my the ones that I hoped for all the time. Puncher, triple, uh, all of those are good because if, if they feel like because they're automatic and they don't like burst, which just shoots and you have to tap the button a bunch, you can more fine-tune where you're headed and then the other ones just like like laser just kills everything below you so you cannot fall straight into anything and mm-hmm. it is it is miserable to me and it only you only get like one shot with it ever mm-hmm. which is not true i've had up to like eight shots with yeah it. it's less bad then but yeah i, I kind of like the punchy like just blast downward kind of feel of them mm. but yeah like like I said, like I was switching so much that none of them ever really yeah. got the chance to really bother me. And that's fair. Uh, and I think that's what they want. Like the game wants you to be able to use all of them in order to do well at all. Mm-hmm. Also, like the music, did mm-hmm. it ever feel like it just kind of like cut out for no reason? Uh, so, yes. I wasn't sure if the game was... Um, like looping the music and it got to a point where it just had a silence and then it would start up again Uh or if it stops playing if you go too long without landing on anything i thought that might be a case because i felt like i would notice it right before i like landed for a shop or something Mm. if i'd been falling for a while i like that theory i have no idea whether or not it's true (laughs) 
if it is great if yeah. not not as great because <laughs> it did seem like it would end abruptly like i don't think that it's just the track ending and restarting like mm-hmm. it, it feels like something caused it to just stop <laughs> uh and that could very well be what it is that you didn't land on anything for a long time if you get the vinyl version of the soundtrack <laughs> it just has big holes in it <laughs> uh uh-huh. No, yeah, it is. It's. It was always disconcerting when it happened because, like, I want to go into something here, but I wanted. I want to continue on the music train a little bit, mm-hmm. which is, I think the quality of this music is like high for the 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 value of imitation of like the style it's going for but it's not something that i would ever really like put on and jam to Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like it's exactly like the soundtrack you'd imagine this game would have like it feels like the quintessential like chiptune soundtrack you'd expect Mm -hmm. and no more no less no certainly not uh but yeah like i think the first level's music and stuff is is neat uh and then it's like it's a it's not very high energy even though you feel like it should be uh and then the second music is just supposed to be spooky and then i think my ears had started bleeding by the time i got to the third level and i don't really remember what it and limbo sound like i think they want the music to be a little less frantic because of all like the gun sound effects and stuff like if you had like a really like high pace or uh high octane like sonic or mega man style song and then you added in like (laughs) sound effects on top of it i think it would be a bit too much (laughs) that's true and also like just pure this game is already getting close to sensory overload as far as the amount of things happening on screen at any one time yep that uh it's it's just it would be really chaotic uh to also have that music going like it needs to be something that blends in so the fact that i don't really remember the music on levels three and four are probably it's probably a good thing it means that they did their job properly and kept me from focusing on it Mm -hmm. um but the game has a lot of visual noise, even if it doesn't have... I mean, it does also have a lot of audio noise, mm-hmm. but it has... Uh, like it, gun noises? Yeah, but it's just not in the music. Um, and I realized that, like, we've made jokes on the podcast and talked at length about me having special eyes. Yes. Uh, I am the guy from that 1-800-Contacts commercial. Does anyone remember that except us? <laughs> Probably not. No. Um, but the, it, this game was so loud t- visually that I, like, it made the drone upgrade unusable for me like it was too many things i never knew where i was it was like because you're trying to look ahead of you because you're falling at an alarming rate and you have to identify which enemy is there if it's something that you can land on or if it's a, a red enemy that you need to avoid or shoot and also keep an eye out for where you are so you don't land on any blocks or on enemies or anything you keep moving uh and it's just so much going on that you add in that one additional thing that also shoots. And there's no strategy. You cannot, I don't believe human beings could use the drone in a strategic <laughs> way. It's just there to send more bullets downward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one extra thing was just too much for me and my brain's broken half. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think you're you're more justified here than other times. Um, it's it's a lot. And we already talked about like the color palettes, but it has a lot to do with that. Um, I think it either needed to be like simplified more to where it was like just black and white, and like you know simplified the visual like noise to like accommodate that, or make more use of color to differentiate things better because like everything's black white and red Mm -hmm. like you know like it's hard to tell like blocks from enemies from gems from like there can be a lot of things flying around on the screen that are of comparable size and color (laughs) 
Um, and yeah, like the, the drone was hard to like pay attention to or not pay attention to, or like, you know, like it does kind of fuck with you a bit given like the pace of the gameplay. And there's in the third level, uh, which is like the underwater level every once in a while, there are enemies that will come from the sky or the above you. Definitely not the (laughs) Mm -hmm. sky too far down for that. And so they go from top to bottom as opposed from to bottom to top. Uh-huh. And so when that happens, like, if you have the drone, you have to very quickly be able to identify which one you are and how to get the fuck out of the way. Because otherwise they're just going to slam into you and wreck your whole life. And, yeah, like, it, it is just, like, there's so much happening that, like, anything that could help to differentiate all the individual components. Gems, I think, are fine the way they are because they're barely noticeable as it is. Yeah, I feel like that's a problem. <laughs> I think the gems should be more noticeable given that you're supposed to collect them. I mean, you're supposed to make a lot of them show up and then just, like, collect as many as you happen to fly past on your way Sure. Down. I think I think because this game has a there's an ability in it called gem attractor that's supposed to pull gems in toward you. Mm-hmm. I think that the the more casual version of this game, like if this game had an easy mode, would just have that on, yeah, all the time. Because the the difference in like the amount of gems that you get when you have it versus when you don't isn't like enormous, but it's like there taunting you being like you didn't shuffle left and right fast <laughs> enough to catch those gems did you mm-hmm. uh it's i don't know it's very weird um and it, it goes into sort of like the play patterns that this game wants you to take but if we want to go into that sure so i believe that the point of this game is to get high scores I think that, like, comboing is the goal with the design. It's got, like, a leaderboard and stuff like that, so Mm -hmm. I think you were correct. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that there are also a lot of things in the game that encourage you to play more slowly and carefully, and I think that's what a lot of people... I think there's going to be a struggle when when any given person picks this up that the new player experience is probably more likely to be a slow one where you land on blocks when you have them there and then you jump off of them and try and like avoid enemies probably more than land on them and kill them and then like run around and pick up all the gems make sure you don't miss anything which then gives you a higher gem count so when you find shops you can afford more items but then to actually get further in the game, I found that it was, like, necessary to go for combos because getting, like, I think it's 10 or higher gets you 100 gems, 15 or higher gets you uh, an extra charge, and 25 or higher gets you um, health. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Like, that's a huge swing when that happens, when you can get that to, to, to work. But it's really difficult to get to that point. Like... I probably played this game over the course of the last week for, like, eight hours. Mm-hmm. And, like, only the last, like, two hours of that, I felt like I was, like, competent enough to actually land a 25-bit combo right. without just obliterating myself. <laughs> so I feel like there's a push and pull. And I, I don't... I feel like if the game did more to emphasize the combo thing and maybe made it a little bit easier to do, the... It gates a lot of its fun behind a really high skill ceiling. Yeah, I think you're mostly right. And I think a lot of that, um, the stuff you were mentioning, like for like a new casual player, I do think the incentives are there to like play a little bit like slower and more cautiously uh, to be able to get any, you know, distance into the game Mm -hmm. without dying. Um, And it kind of i think it ends up kind of hamstringing a lot of like casual new players because it's like it doesn't really feel like it has anything in there to kind of progress you towards playing better mm-hmm. like yeah as you said like it isn't really telegraphed like how to improve or like what's good to be doing yeah 
and like even the 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 power-ups like your in-between level power-ups a lot of them are like a, a lot of like knife and fork which like if you were a i found this the very helpful post on uh the downwell subreddit that is just called <laughs> let's get good at downwell uh that breaks down a lot of the mechanics in this game like probably better than we will in this podcast about sure the game. <laughs> it's not what this podcast is about no it's true <laughs> but uh like higher level players agree that knife and fork is a good power up that you do want because it's it it helps you build the hp that you need to complete the game um but if you're getting it in a casual playthrough what you're incentivized to do is every time you kill an enemy stop land go pick up the corpse to get your health back and then keep going which emphasizes this real slow play and then rewards you for it so but that's not really viable because eventually, like in the in Limbo, the fourth level, there are zero enemies. Mm-hmm. Like you just bounce on shit that's floating there, like chairs and tables, and everything else is a red enemy that doesn't leave a corpse. So it's like you you just have to like at that point, if you got there through careful play, then Limbo is just going to completely ruin your whole life <laughs> right before the end boss, mm-hmm. and you'll never get through it. Uh, and then Boulder, which gives you uh, more health to begin with, which seems really enticing and makes you want to play Boulder, makes it harder to play in like the 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 quote unquote intended way. Right. I I don't, and it's not like I don't like the game. <laughs> And I don't think it's a bad game. I just think that its its onboarding experience is a very rough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just it seems like it's um, maybe lacking a little bit of like playtesting quality sort of things. Like I think this was made by like a relatively small team, like maybe even like mostly one guy or yeah, something. I think it's like the opening credit thing it only shows four names okay four four people yeah Yeah. so i mean it has a little bit of those rough edges you'd expect uh from that sort of thing like Mm -hmm. nothing like too major or anything right yeah like i don't think this game is like broken or something right it's just there is there is a lot of like hurdle to clear oh yeah for sure the game does get talked about though uh, in like game design circles, uh, and a lot of it has to do with how cleanly designed this game is. Uh, as far as like, it's kind of minimalist uh, for the amount of time that you can get out of this. Uh, there's even a hard mode if you manage to beat it. Uh, there, there are three buttons, and two of those buttons are left and right, which most <laughs> people wouldn't even count as a button. Mm-hmm. So. And then you have a single action button that does everything else. Like, on the Switch version of the game, you press a but- any button on the controller, it's going to do what the action <laughs> button does. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, th- it's really smart about it, I think. Like, there are very few instances where I felt like another button would have done anything that would have helped at all. Like, obviously splitting jump and shoot are is pointless. Like, there's no reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's not a difficult thing to go from that to, well, why do you even need an interact button when contextually you can just change the jump button to that? Right. Um, and And so you end up with this, like, very simple to, like, like no, you don't. You don't have to go through a combo tree to play this game proficiently. Right. You just have to learn how the game works. You can focus more on the mechanics than on the controls. Yeah, it's one of those like game design concepts that feels like it just kind of makes sense when you play it. For like lack of better words, um, where it, yeah, as you said, like all you need is like the left, right, and action button, and. It's one of those games I think you could hand it to, like, a kid or to your mom or whoever, and, like, they'd be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And probably not a whole lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, like, instantaneous. They would just die instantly also. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the, the difficulty would fly in their face, but controlling the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, simple. Chest, <laughs> chest kiss. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting, too, because, like, 
like you played this on PC. Yeah. And I played this on Switch and on phone. And I, I played it on phone first and like four years ago, like a year after it came out or so. Mm-hmm. Um and I I got it on the phone because I just like I'd heard about it and I was out and I was like, oh, I can get this for a dollar. Like, OK, so I bought the game and I started playing it and I liked it. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, and then when we talked about it for the podcast, um, I decided to pick it up on Switch because I thought in my dumb brain <laughs> that later was belted and broken in half, as I described earlier, uh-huh. uh, like that having a controller would give me like a greater con- control mm-hmm. over my my movement and my ability to do things in the game. Uh-huh. Uh and while I did eventually kind of get used to it, I was able to play it on both things. Um I stopped playing it on Switch for a little bit and picked it back up on my phone and when I was playing on my phone, I got I like immediately lapped what I had been <laughs> doing on the Switch on my phone and i think it's because of like because i wasn't using a control stick which is just inherently less exact Mm -hmm. than having a big giant left arrow and a huge giant right arrow yeah when you were telling me about this off cast i was really surprised that the default controls aren't the d-pad right for movement well they are because they just both do the same thing okay yeah there's no like control editing yeah i I don't know everything in the game and was like i don't (laughs) know if i even would have thought to try to use the analog stick on this game I think I don't it know. It just if, seems like that type of game. Am I in the minority for thinking that the Switch Pro Controller D-pad sucks big ass? I don't know. I don't really like it because I feel like it's a little too small, mm-hmm. and I feel like the edges aren't beveled enough. Where it feels like it's a little uncomfortable to like keep hitting it with yeah. your thumb. Don't call me a sissy baby for that. <laughs> like I, I don't want to call them sharp, but I feel like they're not rounded enough. Like the um, uh, the Super Nintendo d-pad i think is kind of like it has like those perfect like rounded edges and like that's what i want on a d-pad i did not realize when you were saying that originally that you meant the actual edges of the of yeah the, yeah of yeah that's what square. i mean of the actual yeah okay i think it's uncomfortable on the switch like that because they're not rounded right i mean i could agree with that if i could use the d-pad for long enough to like <laughs> notice the d-pad to me is just very like it is too small for sure, and it's also like it feels mushy, and it's like the distance I think it feels okay but... between the left and right are not even like the thing that I think is too small. The up and down, like the width of it, is too small. Mm-hmm. So what you end up doing is like you move your thumb over the tiny little D pad, like making the smallest imaginable adjustments with your tendons, uh-huh. and it just like cramps you up and makes you feel like shit when you're playing it. <laughs> And the phone isn't honestly all that much better in terms of getting hand cramps because you're holding a phone mm-hmm. and trying to do all this shit with your two thumbs, like le- like two, like two thumbs just waiting to start a thumb wrestle, but like not quite getting. There. I was really ready for you to say two thumbs, one cup for some reason. <laughs> no, not quite. I wasn't quite to that level. Uh, uh, I don't know. Keyboard was pretty comfortable. Yeah, keyboard seems like the optimal way to play. Because yeah, you can do oh, what is it W and D for left and right, and right shift for shooting, or you can do left and right on the the arrows mm-hmm. and left shift to shoot. So uh, it's A also, you noob gamer. Oh, is it A? It's W A S D. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh- <laughs> But no, yeah, and that's and I'm sure that there are even other options available. Like if you wanted to do like WASD, oh, yeah, I'm sure you, the, like space bar. Yeah, or I'm something sure you could uh, remap it or whatever. But by default, that's what it is. Yeah, uh, and that does seem like the best option, honestly, to play it. It's like the one thing I wasn't able to try, <laughs> but like, it would have been would have probably. Been I mean, good. I'm pretty sure you own it. I was playing your copy. I'm pretty do sure. Do I own it on PC also? <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> I own this game. I so don't. Many times. I don't think I bought it. Hmm. Here's here's a note to any indie developers out there: if you make your game three dollars or less, I'll buy three copies. <laughs> this <laughs> is true. Yeah, <laughs> I've gotten multiple games from you because you were like, I <laughs> I got this on a humble humble bundle and I already own it. Very possible. I'm just I just give so much to charity. Uh huh. 
I just give and give, you know? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, what? I have, like, one other thing. I'm pretty much about ready to wrap up. Tap the only other thing I could think of was uh, the third level has, like, the, the breath the... mechanic, mm-hmm. like the landing on the treasure chest to breathe as an extra layer. It's the only other thing that I had, like, to talk about design-wise. <laughs> uh, you... Like, do you think it adds anything? Um, it added one death to my death count, but then after I realized what was happening and what to look for, it wasn't too much. If anything, I think that it makes the third level easier mm-hmm. because there are these huge, giant things to bounce on and keep your combo moving. Right. Uh, so, I actually, I, I mean... I liked that. I liked that it made it easier because yeah. the second level's balls hard. Yeah, I just I feel like it's supposed to be this extra layer that adds more challenge, and I don't think it really accomplishes that. No, I agree. I think that it it mostly stays the same. Yeah, I I was gonna ask if you had any like upgrades that you went for, but then I recalled earlier you were like, I, you could just give me a random upgrade. I wouldn't even notice. Yeah, there, I mean, the ones that I liked the most were... God, I don't remember the names of, like, any of them, but I liked the little laser sight that showed okay. you, like, where you were shooting. I thought was pretty good. Hated that one, never got it. <laughs> um, come on, man. You have to know where, you have to know where you're shooting. It's only a positive thing. Um... Yeah, but, um, like, the ones that, like, made bullet casings do damage and the one that, like, shot a thing upward mm-hmm. uh, where it was also good. Like, those are probably, like, my, my three favorites. There was, like, the apple that would give you more health to, like, boost your health total. Yeah. Yeah, those, that one's Those dope. are the standouts. Uh, For sure. Yeah, I don't really... I liked most of them. I There were a few that I felt like I don't know why you would ever get them, uh like drone which just ruins your whole life um and uh, there's at least a couple other ones the the one that increases the gem sick duration mm-hmm. it's called gem sick it increases gem high duration right i never fully grasped like when fully i grasped w- <laughs> when i was in gem high to begin with like yeah i felt like i was either just always in it or i would be in long droughts where i didn't have it and be like uh i hope i'm doing this right I know, like, whenever you'd go in the little, like, side rooms and you'd pick up an upgrade, like, there'd be something in there. If you, like, jumped on it, it would always trigger it. Mm. I know that... I didn't know why that was. <laughs> Maybe you just always went in the side rooms when you were, like, really... Cl- I think but, I mean, it literally you... always happens. <laughs> I didn't notice. Uh, but I didn't notice a lot, because my brain was mm-hmm. liquid. Specialized. Mm-hmm. And also specialized. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I thought there were a few that I really liked, and I wanted to just do a special shout out to uh, uh, Gunpowder Blocks because it's hysterical. Because if you shoot a block, it shoots a bullet up, but this like 100% of the time causes a huge chain reaction that just shoots bullets everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just so much fun and like exciting (laughs) to look at. It's like a party popper. More chaos on screen. (laughs) But it's like good chaos because yeah. it can't murder you. So I was all about it. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much it. Yep. And we can't really talk that much about the final boss because uh, neither of us got to it. Yeah, this game's really hard. Yeah, I finished it. So up. sorry if you're really good at it and you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I managed to get to four three, which is literally the level right before the final <laughs> boss, and couldn't get back there on any subsequent attempts. Mm-hmm. Um. But I have seen the final boss. It looks intense. <laughs> it looks pretty crazy. It's got, like, teeth on the ceiling. No, yeah, I, I didn't actually look it up. Oh, man, I must have described it in such a good <laughs> way for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I only ever got to 3-3. I never even got to to Limbo or whatever. Right. Yeah, the, the, the final boss looks very hard. I know that if I got there, I would <laughs> have died. died. Yeah. And then I probably wouldn't have wanted to continue unless I was, like pretty deep into it at that point um but i don't know i think this game is the right length in that sense like i think that if you if you get to the point where you can consistently get to the fourth level Mm -hmm. that 
the fact that there's just a big boss at the end and then it ends is like perfect like excellent like i don't think that this game could go on for much longer or be very much shorter and have it still be as satisfying so yeah no, i agree i think it it's like the perfect length for what it is yeah um but do we have any falling thoughts fall, falling thoughts i don't know I mean, I guess, sort of. Do we have... Do we have opinions that are well thought out? There we go. There it is. <laughs> uh, no. Mine are not well thought out. Uh, <laughs> so, I didn't go into it here, but um, as you were well aware, Chad, uh, I'm not really a fan of roguelikes. Uh, they're fairly popular these days, or they have been in the past, like, you know, several years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we decided to do a couple of them for the podcast recently. And, um, for the most part, I did enjoy this game and my problems with it actually, uh, actually aren't, it's like roguelike elements, I think, in my opinion. And I think that has to do with like how short the game is. Um, we also talked about minute and I don't know if you count that as a roguelike, like, I don't know. It feels different, but that's, like, a whole different discussion. Like, yeah. the semantics of, like, <laughs> whether that is or isn't a roguelike. I but, think um, you'd wrap Minute around a roguelike and sure. call it one if you wanted to. Uh, but, yeah, I liked that game, too, and I think it worked because of, like, how short it is and, like, how it's broken up. And I think this is similar for me. Like, just how short it is, as I said, it just kind of felt like I was just playing one long game. And, like, it didn't feel like I was, like, dying and starting over necessarily, like, once I got into it. Um, so its roguelite elements didn't really bother me that much. Um, the My things that gave me friction with it were largely, like, things that weren't super clear with the visuals and just how, like, brutally difficult it could be at times. Um, as we um, described earlier, it felt like there were times where, like, things would just snowball so fast and like I would be having a good run and then would just die all at once. <laughs> like I would lose like five health cause some bullshit happened. Cause like one enemy hit me from the side. A bat followed you from yeah. level one. Into the... <laughs> uh, so there was friction with that kind of stuff. And I also think there can be so much clutter on the screen that like, it can be hard to discern what's happening. Um, so yeah, there are some rough edges, and as I said, like small team and everything, and play testing probably could have helped a lot of this stuff. Uh, so I don't want to come down too hard on it because of that. But um, even though this really isn't my kind of game, like it, it is good. It is uh, fun. Its strengths are in its the simplicity of like picking it up and playing it. Uh, it feels real smooth, and uh, few buttons for few actions. It just clicks. Uh, so I enjoyed this one. Um, and if, you know, we weren't doing the podcast, I probably would play it a bit more because uh, mm -hmm. it, it is just uh, it's a fun thing to just kind of put on and play, you know, like finish, like get done with work and just go play a couple of rounds of Downwell or whatever, like that kind of game. So, yeah, um, I think so. I, I also kind of want to frame my final thoughts around the the idea of, of like roguelikes generally, Um because Downwell is a game that I have been aware of for quite some time and even played several years ago. And it's been something on the back, in the back of my mind because people do talk about it. Like, it comes up a lot, especially when people talk about, like, roguelikes that are easy to get into. Because um, this game is very simple to pick up and to play, and it's very difficult to, like, do well at. But you can just pick it up and play it for a while and just figure it out and like if you've got enough time you've got enough patience you'll eventually get there because i don't think this is really beyond many people if you can make it through the first couple of levels like it's something that's doable but roguelikes to me are still relatively like new to my repertoire like of games that i play mm -hmm. in the past i've played a few and it's always like I pick up a game, I like the game, but I get impatient trying to figure shit out, and eventually I'll drop it for something else. 
And having time to sit down and really just, like, focus on one has made me sort of realize that, like, well, it's made me realize two things. One, I'm less impatient than I used to be, uh, though I will still act impatient Am I having a good influence on you? <laughs> Very possibly. <laughs> I will still make all the same jokes on the podcast about running the Nightmare Headstone. Of course. Uh, and two, it's that I actually do really like the state that that these games put you into mm-hmm. um and i do want to find another one that i think i like jive with in the way that spoilers hades does yeah and yeah. for me just to kind of interrupt uh, a little bit uh, mm-hmm. a wee little bit uh for me it's like the lack of like progression through like a campaign that like i really miss with roguelikes because this even though it felt really fun to play it was hard for me to play it for very long because I was just like, it's just the same like four levels again and again. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like, I don't know, for me, that just kind of wears thin. Right. But anyway, yeah. back to your thing. <laughs> I mean, that's an accurate observation. Um, but like, to me, roguelikes are like when you find out about a new genre of music. Uh, and I don't mean generally, I mean right now, what's happening with me and roguelikes is when uh-huh. you're like, you hear a band and you like it a lot and you're like, wow, this is fucking good. And then you like go on their Wikipedia page or whatever, or you search them on Spotify and it's like, oh, they're a math core band. That sounds weird. I don't know what that is. And then you look up math core. You're like, maybe this is a new genre that I'm super into. And then you find a few bands on there that you remember listening to but it was like maybe a little bit too challenging for you at the time and so you go back and with the new lens of liking this one thing in the genre you really want to like you want to break through whatever barrier it is and be like this is the fucking i want this to be a thing for me i want this wealth of new content to enjoy uh, and then you find out that the mathcore band that you listened to before actually really wasn't all that good, uh, or is just still a little bit too above your head. And that that band is the band that I discovered was Hades. Uh-huh. The band that I used to like, but I think is still too hard for me, is Downwell. Mm, I thought you were going to say The Binding of Isaac for some no, reason. That's a, that's a side tangent because <laughs> I do really like The Binding of Isaac, and I've actually cleared that one. Uh, <laughs> but I might talk about that later mm-hmm. uh, on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Of course. Uh, so I guess what I'm trying to say is if you don't really like roguelikes, this is a great one to kind of like try out and because it's easy to start playing. It's cheap. It's cheap. You can just put a few runs in. And if you find yourself absolutely distraught at the fact that you aren't really making any progress, maybe this isn't the genre for you. Uh, but I ended up, I like this game a lot, even though I think it's above my, my pay grade. Mm-hmm. And by pay grade, I mean ability to play the game. <laughs> Your play grade. Yes. That's really good. <laughs> it's above my play grade. Ooh, that would be a good podcast name. Let's change the name of the podcast. <laughs> My final thoughts have officially gone on for too long. Eight out of ten. Uh, IGN.com. <laughs> IGN.com. Mind-blowing. Uh, too much water. There <laughs> uh, was. Uh, thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about A Short Hike, a game... That will be part three in our bird-centric trilogy. Um, so stay tuned as we expand the the bird eight, cinematic universe, the avian mythos, the VCU. Yes, I don't. I don't know enough about the game to talk much about it. Uh, it's kind of like a little sandbox game where like you're like you play as this bird that's going on this hike like up a like little island like it's like a mountain mm-hmm. and like it's like yeah kind of like you run into characters you kind of explore and you know do like little adventure gamey things. I feel like this scenario has played out enough times on the podcast that people are very aware that you're the one that does research. <laughs> 
It's just more recently when we try to pick games, you just defer to whatever I say. <laughs> so I know what we're playing because I picked it. That's fair. I'm always like, is there anything you want to play? And you're like, oh. And then I make some dumb joke and then I sit on the couch. Yeah. That's, That's the dynamic behind the scenes. <laughs> Like, if you ever are in an empty room and then just act like you're asking someone for an opinion and then you get no response, you're basically role-playing Andy. (laughs) If you want to, like, really get into that, the... Our, the the parasocial yeah. relationship here. You can alleviate this by leaving us a suggestion on our Discord. <laughs> or in the comments below. The, yeah. And until next time, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on our website. That's noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our Discord, our Twitter, the YouTube channel, which has all of our old episodes, as well as in the Episodes tab on the website. Uh, you can listen to our upcoming episode on Hades. Yeah, as uh, mentioned before, we talked about Minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. They, this game is a weird one mm-hmm. to try and, like, put... This was this was a game that was supposed to break the ice yeah. on a new type of game for us to talk about. Yeah, we don't so. really talk about arcade stuff. I was trying to think of anything else. <laughs> Star Fox 64 from... <laughs> like a hundred episodes ago (laughs) Uh, very nearly yeah getting old Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. blast that like button (laughs) never ever have enough gems to afford the subscribe button (laughs) (laughs) only rich people can subscribe What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about a short... A short hike. A short... I knew... I thought I might have, might have said shork. A shork? <laughs> a shork height. A shark's height. A shark... A shark tail. A shark tail. <laughs> Dreamworks shark tail. On the Game Boy Advance. <laughs>